1: This is Deep State Radio, coming to you direct from our super secret studio in the third sub basement of the Ministry of Snark in Washington, D.C., and from other undisclosed locations across America and around the world. Hi, I'm David Rothkoff, your host, and we are coming to you from Washington, D.C., as you said, where Rosa Brooks is somewhere. Where are you, Rosa?
2: Um, I'm in my basement, David, <laughs> taking shelter.
1: Do you I'm, need I'm sheltering in place. Are, are you sheltering in place? <laughs> 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 That's her undisclosed location in Alexandria, Virginia. And here in New York City, we have the crew from the Unredacted from DSR podcast, starting with my, at my left, um, Emily uh, Brandwin. Uh, also known on Twitter as CIA spy girl because she was a CIA spy girl once, and she hasn't really gotten over that. Um, and then uh, directly opposite me, we have Molly Junk Fast, who is a writer uh, for many different people, including the uh, right-wing maniacs at the Bulwark, um, uh, uh, who qu- can't quite get over the fact that they're Republican. But... Um, <laughs> But are not really happy with that. And then we have Philippe Reines, uh, who was a uh, a top advisor to Hillary Clinton. Um, And uh, uh, the three of them do this new podcast. And so I thought it'd be good to have them here so you could get to know them a little bit better. Um, And we'll cover a wide range of things. But I'm really glad that Rose is here because I wanted to kick off with the Iran story. Because there's a lot of you know headlines, and the average person out there, even even the average DSR nerd out there, is 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 like wondering, are we going to go? We're going to have a war with Iran, and um, that would be a bad thing, um, right? And, and and Rosa, you have such calm and and generally optimistic views. I thought I would turn to you for your take.
2: Well, I'm feeling good about world peace because apparently our president. Uh, despite the fact that uh, the administration and the military is doing all sorts of things that seem to increase the likelihood of war with Iran. Our president this afternoon uh, apparently went to the Pentagon and said, no, 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 I don't want war with Iran. Um, so peace is breaking out all over and everybody can, uh, well, I would continue to shelter in place for a little while just to be sure. But but, <laughs> but it, well, it but looks t- like t- as we have predicted on this podcast in the past when, Trump loves bellicose gestures. He loves big gestures. He loves to shake his fist. But when push comes to shove, he really, really hates the idea of uh, the United States having to fight a war.
1: Well, you know, that's true. On the other hand, um, you know, the situation. He he does like the tension in this situation, and we've gotten to the point now where we've deployed a uh, carrier strike force, B-52 bombers. their are fighter planes flying over the Persian Gulf. Um, there are uh, assertions that the some Iranian drone attacked Saudi uh, oil pipeline today. There were assertions a couple of days ago that somebody, presumably the Iranians, uh, were damaging oil tankers. And so one of the things that we get into is the possibility that maybe Trump... Doesn't want a war, although he does like the tension. But we've got things so heated up,
2: he could get one anyway. That he
1: could get one by accident. All it takes yeah, is that a fast is always boat. always the
2: danger. Um, that this kind, setting up this kind of uh, potential for confrontation and potential for inadvertent escalation, is always really, really risky, and should not be done by nations that aren't quite willing to go to war uh if it comes to that and and i you know i do think that this highlights another phenomenon that we've discussed very frequently on deep state radio which is that we do not have one united states foreign policy uh or one trump administration in fact we have several we have the president uh who tweets things out and says things more or less at random uh and then we sometimes for better or for worse and and there are there have been plenty of times when it's been for better. We have the Pentagon, which is operating its own somewhat separate foreign policy. Uh, sometimes the State Department has its own foreign policy, which is different from both of the other two. God alone knows what the intelligence community is up to at the moment. Uh, I'm sure that they're mostly just sitting there with their, their collective heads and their collective hands. Um, but but no, this this does also seem like a, a dangerous situation where the president... I don't want to shock anybody here when I say this, but the president is not fully in control of what his own government is doing, is not fully aware of what his own government is doing, and is not fully thinking through the potential consequences of the uh, actions that we're currently undertaking and how they how they may make his desire to avoid military conflict uh, uh, harder to achieve.
1: Well, let me ask you a couple of questions and then I'll open it up to the rest of the crowd. But so, so one one dimension of what you've talked about is is are are the different camps within the administration. I got a call earlier today from Politico that wanted me to comment on the fact that Mike Pompeo seemed to be in the president's let's not have a war camp and let's try to find a way to use this to negotiate a better deal than that feckless weakling Obama that that's sort of Trump imagination speaking not not me of course. I would never say such a thing um uh wanted and and but but that John Bolton um really would like to have this war and John Bolton doesn't particularly have a policy process the way past national security advisors have he operates sort of on his own sometimes as
2: <laughs> he operates much like Donald Trump which is that his policy process is what he feels like doing
1: well the interesting thing is that the Bolton and Pompeo uh Interplay with Trump sort of mimics that of the rest of the world, which is everybody knows Trump doesn't understand what's going on. Everybody knows that Trump is kind of an easy mark. And some people play the Pompeo play to his ego um, and some people play to his impetuousness and his desire to be seen as a huge man who doesn't have tiny hands. And that's Bolton. (laughs) And, and uh, you know, the, the, the reality is if Bolton ratchets it up, and by the way, is doing so with the help of the Saudis who really would like to see this ratcheted up, uh, and the Israelis who until very recently were pushing, 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 um, uh, you know, that's, that's how you get things up to the brink and to the point where, you know, in Bolton's imagination, perhaps one day he walks into the president and says, Mr. President, we have no choice. This is a provocation too far.
2: Sure, although there you're forgetting a, an additional Trump management possibility that, that is, uh, I think Bolton also may be using, which is you do what you want on the theory that Trump is not actually paying attention, uh, and that by the time he starts noticing, it will be a fait accompli. Um, and, and we've seen that used by others throughout this administration, again, both for, for good and for evil. Uh, you know that the, you 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 don't want him to sign something that would be terrible, so you just take the paper off his desk and figure he'll forget about it. You you say yes, sir, Mr. President, and then you ignore his orders. Um, I, you know that that there are so many different things going on here. You know, one of which is a story about about U.S. Iran relations, uh, but one of which is also, of course, a story about the the manifold dysfunctions of the Trump administration and the various ways in which. Some people are trying to deal with Trump's craziness by toadying to him and others by essentially cutting him out of his own government decision-making process.
1: Well, and you know, that, that's exactly right, and that's what's brought us to this point. Um, but your, your guidance to all of our people who are listening from their accustomed position in the basement, curled in the fetal position, clutching a box of wine— is Trump will back off at the last minute if he gets the chance.
2: Yes, I, I think that's right. I think that Trump genuinely does not want a military confrontation. I think the idea scares him out of his tiny little mind. Um, I also think that that, of course, doesn't mean that people can leave their basements, where I actually just recommend doing some laundry or something useful while you're waiting. Um
1: um, is, your, is your laundry, because, is because your there laundry is stuff in your... Because there is a
2: possibility of unintended, unintended consequences of Trump getting trapped into something that he doesn't like either. Uh, and the Iranians sure won't like, and I don't think the American people will like very much at the end of the day.
1: It's interesting. If the apocalypse happens, will you be doing your laundry? If the
2: apocalypse happens, I will have clean clothes.
1: Well, that reminds me of the old Bill Cosby routine where... His mother.
2: Uh, I, I don't even want to think about any old Bill Cosby routines <laughs> involving clean clothes or basements.
1: Yeah, well, he, 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 well, that's it's uh, understandable, but he did have an old routine about his mother requiring that he always wear clean underwear in case he was hit by a car, so mm. that then. You know, when they like found his body, they wouldn't think that his mother raised him badly, which apparently she did. She
2: apparently did. She did. He had things to worry about. <laughs> uh,
1: um Okay. Well, that you know, I think you've 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 played a vital role here in allowing us to shift our focus from the potential war with Iran uh, or potential war anywhere, following your logic, uh, and it will allow us now to go back to the focus that we're going to have for the rest of the show about where the apocalypse is really going to happen, which is here in American domestic politics. Um, and I know that whenever things turn to that, your first reaction is that you've got to go to the supermarket. Is that correct?
2: Well, you need clean laundry to survive the apocalypse. You need, you need clean laundry. You need mint chocolate chip ice cream. Um, you need uh, a number of other staples uh, in order to get through it. So, so yes, pretty much.
1: I have to say, I have a very strong point of view on this. I do not believe that mint and chocolate... If you tell me that you don't like the
2: chocolate chip ice cream, no. then I'm, I'm leaving right mint,
1: now. It, mint with chocolate is like pineapple with pizza.
2: Oh, mm. my God. No. Oh, other people need to weigh in here. David, is it's so not wrong, as bad he?
1: as that, but it's
3: closer to that than mm, good. I, like I mean, I'm a straight vanilla person, so I, in theory, you know, I'm with you. I, you. know, Mint I got and guys.
2: chocolate chip We're is good we have a little problem during, after the apocalypse.
1: Uh, okay, well, we'll get to that on the next episode of DSR. It would not
3: be what I stockpile. <laughs>
1: it, it wouldn't be. No,
3: no. it'd be water Mar- filtration and vanilla ice cream and
2: marzipan.
1: marzipan and
2: peeps. Oh, interesting. Okay, we're gonna have to have a whole episode peeps would
1: sort of the Desert Island episode
2: of yeah. Yeah. what would no, stockpile we, uh, for the
1: apocalypse. Marzipan is good. No, no, we mm-hmm. will have to have that because Molly <laughs> did a real public service. I don't know if you saw this over the Easter holiday by raiding <laughs> all the peep flavors that were out there house. they were all
4: in our house because I love them so much I order all the different pea flavors from Amazon
1: <laughs> Wow, you
3: good. laugh but prepping is important yeah.
4: I think we do need Amazon to survive the apocalypse
3: Well, have, I hate to say that I say my that entire but. prep stockpile comes from Amazon D- does it oh, yeah. oh i don't
0: wait how did you see the stockpile yeah. and i didn't see when we went over to his house for brunch or for, for our charcuterie little, for our charcuterie and our little get together you showed me your you some of stock. it you didn't see
3: the main stockpile why did
0: i not get to see any of it you did, neither I, of you
3: saw the main stockpile
0: there's more I think charcuterie yep. should survive the apocalypse Philippe, that's pretty
1: good that's idea. Sleep is a survivalist yeah but everything not be. a
3: survivalist but i i can <laughs> i don't believe if something happens, I do not believe in making it out to, like, a safe place. I, I believe in hunkering down. I well, can hunker down for probably yeah. two months.
4: Well, I don't think that he sees a target, so you should be fine. I mean, <laughs> why would anyone bomb DC?
3: Yeah,
1: no, that's a really— Everyone
3: always designate their, like, their safe house as their friend's most— like ex, uh, exorbitant country house. Nothing to do with how can I get there, where is it protected. It just, it's an opportunity to say that your friend's house in the Hamptons is where I'm going to go.
1: Well, and you know, I have to say, we started out with uh, our podcasts here on Deep State Radio almost two years ago. And Rosa, what was our subject in the first couple of podcasts?
2: Missile silos and bunkers. Ah. Oh,
1: and how to convert them.
3: Well, that's a big thing. You and I have talked about this. Yes. It's a big people live in them.
1: Yeah, no, and and Rosa was at the cutting edge. She was like you know handling real estate ads for people. And no, I still <laughs>
2: I've still been trying to persuade David that we should do a you know like a GoFundMe uh, to get our bunker. They're not we, that expensive. We really need to upgrade it.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah how what? do
4: you know? Seems like oh, I see this all th- the time. I'm sure. How does he know? I, yeah. I, really I, I read a lot that.
3: of uh, tech blogs. Right, obviously. Well,
1: Rosa, I'll tell you what. While you're out shopping for mint chocolate chip ice cream, somebody's got to do it. And charcuterie. And charcuterie. Although, let me tell you, at the conclusion of the apocalypse everything will be smoked. That's, right. but, oh. That's the hope. Uh, 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 no, that right. was a good joke. Why, uh, thank you. I'm not going to even pick up on that. I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to pretend you didn't say wife, that, David. Please. Thank you. Thank you. But wh- while, <laughs> wh- while you're doing that, we'll talk about uh, the the, the uh, GoFundMe for a silo and, and the rest of things. And, and we'll talk to you on Monday on the next episode Sounds of Deep Say Radio. Sounds good. And if
2: you have any last-minute ice cream requests um, or pizza requests that don't involve pineapple... Uh, let me know, and I'll get them for you guys.
1: Yeah, or you can just tweet Rosa at Brooks Rosa. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and she will. She will. She She does shopping. She's a little bit... Um, I do.
4: I do.
3: Rose, I don't have I, you I have blocked, do
1: I?
4: I'm dollars. sure you <laughs> do. I'm sure you do. It's
1: All always right. awkward
3: when right? right. on with people that I block.
1: Bye-bye, Rosa.
2: Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. 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 Have a you.
1: Thank you. Have a good apocalypse. Aww. Have a nice apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, now... We can sort of open up a little. We're now all here together in the room.
3: She didn't know what she was talking about. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's not what you meant by open no. it up? <laughs> no. No. I have this to tell a, you.
4: This is the part where we malign the other guests.
3: Rosa... You always got to be the last guest off on Deep right. State Radio.
1: No, we never malign Rosa. Rosa no. Rosa is the goddess patron saint of this, along with Corey Shockey, who are there there at the beginning and have been there for two years. Rosa is known as the holder of the thorny crown of entropy because she tends to have quite dark views on yeah. things. This was unusually optimistic for, for Rosa. I do want to talk for a second, though, about stockpiles. I have two perspectives on this. One, when I was a kid, I had a friend who was a Mormon, and the Mormons yeah. have these stockpiles. And so <laughs> we went over to his house. The three of us were talking about this earlier today, and
4: we spent a lot of time talking. And about he was this.
1: like, "Want to see my stockpile?" And I in was the in the basement. It was a little like, creepy. It was a little weird, and so I went over to his and we looked, and then he had like many, many canned goods. You know, canned the goods Costco from
3: two-gallon ketchup.
1: Yeah, that kind of thing. Although I don't know if Costco existed back then, but um, so and and I went home to my parents, and I was like. You know, we need canned goods. That we need to be ready for a year of 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 this. And my father was like, "If the apocalypse comes, we're all dying."
4: <laughs> uh,
1: um,
3: <laughs> That's the
4: difference between no, Jews but, and Mormons. <laughs> the well,
3: Mormon had it right. Well, it's a way, very. Prim- it's not even a religious uh, thing. It's the. If I understand it right, they have a belief in um, disasters.
4: Uh, yeah. But I have to say, as someone who lived in New York during 9 11, when they did close the city, you could still get Chinese food. I mean, it wasn't such a big deal. And and that was like, I mean, it was a big deal that was, in let's the back be clear, that's Molly sorry. saying. No, that 9-11, no, it was Chinese a big food. deal for <laughs> the that. A lot of people died, but it wasn't. They shut down the city. Well, what, never
3: mind. I'm, I'm never talking but again. At least she egg.
4: got her egg foo young. No, I'm just saying let that. Let
1: me ask you a question. No, I, is I, it I, I, the,
3: I was here too. It, 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 the city was on its knees, but it was but, still New York. It okay. still we,
4: functioned. Is it the
1: official position respect? of the bulwark that nine eleven was Christ. not a big deal? It was just, a
4: big deal, yeah. but it was you were. It wasn't. You were able, the city still functioned in certain ways, even though we were all no,
1: Believe me, the devastated. last thing that will happen in New York City, prior to it sinking into the ocean, is Chinese food will be delivered.
4: Right. I'm just saying that if you had a stockpile of food, it, you wouldn't have necessarily needed it, even though it
1: that's, was incredibly that's, that's
4: not what
3: stockpiling means. No, no. What does no. it mean? It means things that could sit indefinitely. Like, I have it's meals good. ready to eat.
0: You have MREs in I your
3: have, house? I have MREs. I have boxes and boxes of MREs. I have water filtration.
0: Have you tried any of your MREs? I,
3: I have. Are they good? They're really, I mean, they're pretty good. The problem is you don't know what you're getting until you get it. Because they don't, when they put them in the boxes, they don't say it's easy. Well, you can't
0: order, like, a specific flavor? No, because then everyone would
3: pick the ribs. Like, they want everyone oh, to God. have to eat what they have to eat. Um, They're good. I mean, they're really involved. Uh, the thing becomes like a little oven. You have a little... Uh, you put water in, and it's a little device that heats it up. It comes with dessert. This I mean, isn't World War II rations. Well, listen,
1: this <laughs> just proves that everything that everybody said about the Clinton campaign is true. They were preparing for the apocalypse. <laughs> if Hillary got elected, they would be in their basements with MREs, and the rest of us would be starving.
3: Well, without, without getting specific where I live, all four of you know where I live. I live over a terrorist target.
4: It's true. Over a, a bona
3: fide—let's not use names— <laughs> right. I live over it's, a bona fide terrorist target.
1: It is Cafe Milano where I got married.
3: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs>
3: but Right. But Anyone that shows up, I'm giving them your home address. That's, but
1: yeah, that's fine. Cafe
3: Milano <laughs> <Good> was, <luck. laughs> was the subject of a terrorist plot. Um, someone Are wanted really? to kill the, uh, the Saudi ambassador to the United States, and he frequented it. Oh. And um, they hired hitmen. Problem was, the hitmen were DEA agents. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's and very bad. Were, yeah. yeah, no, that's very bad. We got married there, <laughs> it's a very and we had, like, a little private room, and it was very uh-huh. nice. They made a kind of very she-she crowd. None of you were there, but it was, trust me. On
3: any given night, you've got a fifth, fifth shot of Minuchin and Ross being there. Well, that's yeah. the thing is well,
4: that... There's a reason that, not to go.
1: ...that that Jared <laughs> and Ivanka were downstairs during our wedding. Are you serious? And so during the wedding, where the most beautiful, moving event of one's life, you know, everybody's going, um... I've got to go to the bathroom. I just and they all went downstairs to go bite Jared and Ivanka and then come back up. It was, it was, it was disturbing, but 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 fairly good Italian food. The other story, by the way, yeah. it, of, about um, stockpiling and this sort of thing is that when I was a kid, much smaller, we lived on a street in New Jersey, and one of the families built a bomb shelter, and they told everybody else in the street that they could use the bomb shelter. And then said to us, "But you're Jews."
4: Oh, <laughs> that's bad.
1: And and so we were. And I once told this story to a group of people when I was in college, and a woman said, "So did you survive?"
3: you were like, what? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no, no. People laugh it up, but I. I tell them if something goes bad to not be knocking on my door thinking that I'm going to take them in.
4: Well, except for Emily and I.
3: Let me tell you something. You have to have a skill. I, I mean, I, I, I have a couple how? of friends. I I think that this is actually a very practical
4: thing to do. How are you surviving? Do.
3: I'm I the would... one with the food, with the water filtration, with, I have axes, I have CB radios, I have what hand crank. I don't
4: know what they have
3: for. <laughs> I, the, uh, I have the sticks you crack in half that make them glow. Dude. I have tents. Dude. <laughs> there are lists. You're, you're, Google you're, bug out bag. No. <laughs> and Dude. I bought everything on the list.
1: No, that's No, that's good, but you. Hatchets. Were... So wait,
4: you're not going to have us? You're you not going to live with you?
1: Well, first of all, no one's going to want to live with him because he's got MREs. Nobody wants to I eat that know. for the apocalypse. Secondly, you're saying you've got That's skills, so serial. a la Liam Neeson. <laughs> I legitimately she, have she, a special she, set of skills. Right. I don't she have any skills, let me die. She was trained at the farm. Yes. She knows how to kill you with her thumbs. She's killed somebody before. She's no, she, was her on th-
0: the DL, Molly.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, right. Sorry. It, was, it was somebody in her gym
0: class. <laughs> it was an accident. I threw a ball, legitimately did throw a ball at a girl's head accidentally and knocked her out. Did she die? No, no, no. They took her... I mean, she was fine. No, she's fine. So you didn't really. Grow I on not, no, I did not grow unconscious. She does have
1: feeling good. in the left was, side of her body now. It was
0: seventh grade. It was horrible. Do kids still play dodgeball? Yes. Like,
3: even with the really overinflated small. balls? I
0: say red that balls. it was horrible. Because those
1: things hurt. Okay, guys. <laughs> so let us let us let us shift the conversation here. This was vaguely related to what we talked about. It was about DSR.
4: David's but, spatial but, expressions are pretty great. Oh, Thank, you. Yeah. Oh, thank
1: you. He's on camera. Um, yeah, I'm on camera also. Uh, but let me let me it's <laughs> hard to believe is that that seems like a terrible idea. But we, you know, one of the other things that happened this week was The Republicans continued their kind of war on the rule of law. Mm -hmm. And we're now up to 20 different congressional investigations that the um, Congress has undertaken and that the White House has responded, we're not cooperating. We're not going to give you what you need. And the response of the Democrats has been thus far, as far as I can tell, rats. (laughs) Darn it. I wish they would cooperate with us. Uh, No, no, you know, I'm going to with a little
3: foot stomping thrown out.
1: Yeah. But what's going on here, guys? I mean, you know, doesn't I mean, it is there not. I mean, Elizabeth Warren's pissed off. You know, Kamala Harris is pissed off. Joe Biden, on the other end, is kind of like, well, you know, after Trump's gone, uh, everybody's going to have an epiphany and it'll all be better. Um, so, where are each of you? I'll go straight down the line. Free.
3: I have made myself very clear on this. I if If this is not a moment in history to avail ourselves of the only constitutional remedy to someone who is in office that is basically just trampling over every single thing this country stands for and not being held in by any guardrail, it's now. And— there's a real problem not going after him harder, um, given who he is, because he will just get worse. As hard, as crazy as that sounds, he will get far worse. And look, Congress does not have as much authority as people think it does. It has a, has a much harder time to enforce its own rules than people think. But that's not an excuse to not try harder.
1: Well, Emily, what about congressional dodgeball with the president? Oh, I would... What if if you could throw (laughs) a dodgeball...
0: Do it in a heartbeat.
1: ...at the president? But I'd miss him. Well, if you could
3: throw a wrench, you could throw a
1: hardball.
0: I would (laughs) literally miss him because I have no motor skills, but I would be there. Yeah. I would take one for the team.
1: That's that's pretty good. But, I mean, how do you feel about the Dems kind of, oh, boy, this is really a tough problem?
0: If ever, and I've said this before, if ever... The reason I want to see an impeachment is because I want to see the government work. And I want to see... Everything, the wheels in place, and I want America to see that something works. Because every time we ignore something, every time they ignore a subpoena, they ignore whatever the rule is, it's just showing us how weak our government is, and I think we need to see some type of strength at some point. And I just, I want America to see us working. And we make fun of Mitch McConnell, or we make fun of, you know, whoever it is saying they don't have a spine. Right now, it's showing... I feel like the Democrats look so weak. And I like seeing Warrens getting feisty or Harris being feisty. We need that. But that's that's why we need an impeachment. We need to see that strength. We need to see some, some truth.
1: I feel that possibly Molly has, like, cornered <laughs> all the righteous indignation of the Democrats. And it's, like, all inside of her. And there isn't any left for the rest of them. Because, you know, I follow your Twitter feed, and you seem
4: i'm upset about the abortion stuff i'm really upset i have to say like i was really pacing myself because i'm pretty i I pride myself on my ability to to be upset but not to be upset or angry but not enraged but the abortion stuff has just made me enraged and i think a lot of women feel that way i mean the the and the way that and, and it's not even just you know these quote unquote heartbeat laws, which started out as like a lark from a crazy conspiracy you know Janet Porter was originally this like insane conspiracy person who was a birther and who was the spokeswoman for um for Roy Moore you know a good christian um but she but she's now like the mainstream of the right to quote unquote life movement and so I don't know. I'm I'm furious. And then and there's like a couple of layers of fury because I'm furious at everyone who told me I was being hysterical about Kavanaugh. Right. Like all the people who are like, I'll never take away Roe. You know, uh, Senator Collins says it's
0: settled law. And um, Emily. No, I was going to say every single person who I got hysterical about, they said, you're getting crazy, you're getting crazy. And I said, we're not getting crazy. This is exactly what's going to happen. It's the domino.
4: Yeah, I feel like we were right about everything. I mean, I hate that we were right about everything, but it feels like, you know, it feels like when Trump came into office and he picked um, Pruitt for the EPA, and it was like, oh, my God, this guy is never going to do the right thing about anything. He's always going to do the worst possible thing.
1: Well, Philippe, I I admire Nancy she's, she's She was the quarterback during the 2018 election. She got people there. She... She she helped win. Um, she's very shrewd. She understands how the game is played. She's been doing it a long time. Um, maybe we should just be patient. Maybe 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 well, it should just all be the election. What's the counter argument? Well, I'll, I'll say this way. First off,
3: I think we're lucky to have her at the tip of the spear. I really do. And I I it actually annoys me online when people say, you know, she knows what she's doing. Be patient, give it give her time as if you're criticizing or you're undermining her. You'll have to have a difference of opinion. This is a very difficult situation. I think the thing that makes Speaker Pelosi such a fantastic legislator and leader is the thing that might be a problem here. She's a great vote counter. She understands her caucus. If you're approaching this from counting votes, there's only one answer here. And I don't think that's the right answer. Because you have to it fundamentally comes down to do you proceed. In trying to... uh, Do you seek justice even if justice is not guaranteed? Mm -hmm. If you believe the answer is yes, then it doesn't matter if the Senate removes him or not. If you believe there's no point in any of this, if you can't remove him, then that's an easy answer too. What bothers me now is that we're in this never-never land where we're kind of half-faking an impeachment but not getting anywhere. And frankly... I think, look, Jerry Nadler is an incredibly smart guy. All these people are incredibly smart. I think they're nervous because and they've said it to some extent Trump is making it too easy to impeach him and they really don't want to get down this road. And while I respect them, I do not think they're being straight with
1: the Democratic Party. Well, well let me ask a question. Why don't they I, want to go down this road? I have a question. I have yes. a question,
4: more of a question about this. Is it possible that they believe because Republicans said the Republican media said that, like Democrats lost the Kavanaugh hearing, and is it possible that they are still reeling from? I don't think they did, but you know there was this feeling in some of the conservative media that they had lost and that it, it emboldened Trump even more. Well, but uh,
1: you know I gotta say, I think, I don't even know I don't even know how
4: you
3: tell anymore.
1: But I also think the Democratic media tends to be a little self doubting.
3: Right. and they tend to yeah. think
1: that they lost. Trump's support is the same or slightly less than it's been, right. depending on who's polling for for this stuff. Uh, evidence is piling up against him. It is chipping away. If you look at certain states where he won, like Michigan, for example, it looks like he's quite a bit behind there now what he was. a bit behind. There are four Democrats who poll better than he does in Pennsylvania, which he won. Uh, you know he is losing ground here in all of this, and what I don't understand, Emily is that the democrat if you if if you have hearings and every day new news comes out that is bad about Trump, how does that conceivably help trump
0: i it doesn't I don't understand look i having been from the world of intelligence, I never thought that this would ever happen. I never thought that you would have this type of report with all these with conclusions, with impeachable evidence, and we would ignore it, and somebody but would come in.
1: But we don't even have the counterintelligence report yet. Well, I mean, for some even, we reason... We don't even need it. We don't, well, we may not need it, but I just want to point out that the Russians attacked us. Mm-hmm. They had the help of a candidate. Mm-hmm. They tried to get him elected. He got elected. They benefited from it. It was a massive plot, and, we, and we don't have... That's a a national security issue, and we don't even have that part of the report.
0: We're doing nothing. It's boggling to me.
3: Look, the needle on impeachment has moved in the last two and a half years, whenever there's been a revelation. So if on any plain old day you asked America um, on a day that Donald Trump was going off from 14, 17 angry Democrats and Mueller conflict, blah, 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 Support for impeachment was kind of tepid. It was fifty-fifty. Thirteen angry Democrats. Thirteen. We used to be seventeen. So I don't know, but I don't know. Um, they
0: became less angry. Yeah,
3: they um, where there have been spikes when whenever Mueller indicted someone, whether it was the large comprehensive indictment against the Russian nationals, whether it was against uh, Flynn, whether it was against any of that crew. So it shows that with it, or when the report came out, it shows that whenever facts are presented in a meaningful way. To the american people it all makes greater sense so like my problem now is again is this half-assed approach i don't i understand if jerry nadler and nancy Pelosi want to tread carefully they should i mean this is serious shit but if i were jerry nadler i would say we are having a hearing every thursday for the next eight thursdays next thursday we are going to have don mcgann if don mcgann doesn't show that he is going to be held in contempt we're also that day Going to have a panel of these prosecutors, these former federal prosecutors, have explained why they believe that these were felonies. Just have a drumbeat. Wh- don't make these but, things a one-off right. every time but someone doesn't but the show contempt up. Contempt doesn't that mean is impeachment. anything. Just don't call it. Well, first of all, right. that, let's, let's but, a, but if you keep it focused, if you keep it focused, there's a moral. There's, so David started out by saying that there are 20 investigations, or 20 different things that that, that Trump is stonewalling. We are four people that read the news and follow this, and we couldn't, combined, name six of them, because it is so scattershot. And most of them have nothing to for, do with for, Russia. First of all,
1: I now could, because I read because the list Because I of said 20 to you the other day. Because you shamed me <laughs> at lunch. And by the way, I was also shamed by Molly, who took this quiz of, can you identify all the candidates, the 22 Democrats, and you responded that you could.
4: But I couldn't, but I had a, a Gravel, a Gravel Mike screw Mike Gravel? Up.
1: I had a yeah. screw up But with he's my, not being counted as a Democrat. No. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think you I made saw it today. To Axios is not counting. Okay, so lo, but let me let me pick pick but, up on this and and go in a, a slightly different direction w- with it, and that is that I agree with you. There should be Trump Thursdays. Maybe Schiff can have Trump Tuesdays, and we can just. There should be a drumbeat that goes along, and you don't need the White House to cooperate, right? Because for, remember the eighty-one people who got subpoenas. Well, most of them had nothing to do with the White House, and half of them complied with the subpoenas. And Mueller didn't investigate the money laundering, as far as we know. Mueller didn't investigate a bunch of other things. There's a lot of running room there. There's a lot of new stuff that could come out, whether it's emoluments-related mm-hmm. or whether it's Jared's security clearance-related, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But here's the, here's the thing that, that, that I find odd about this. I think the Republican Party has identified as a weakness of the Democrats, their desire to appear better than the Republicans. Mm-hmm. They take the low road, we take the high road mm-hmm. and 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 you know, while that's all fine, Mitch McConnell constantly takes the low road and wins every time mm-hmm. because he takes the low road. And then the, the big Democratic frontrunner right now is Joe Biden, and Joe Biden is saying, Well, all it has to do is we defeat Trump, and then they'll have an epiphany, and everything will be fine again. And I wrote this long thread that I circulated yesterday or something like that, in which I sort of went back. And there there is no epiphany to be had. The Republicans have been doing this for 25 years, 40 years if you count, um, in 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 a slightly more loose fashion, They've been heading in this direction. Trump's a symptom. He's not the disease. It's if we get rid of him, it's still going to be there. Now, Biden said this and I went online and I said, you know, we we, we we can't fall into this trap. And I immediately got an avalanche of Democrats going, we have to win at all costs. You can't criticize another Democrat. Uh, you know, and I'm like, every time I write this, I write, I will vote for the Democratic nominee right. no matter who it, it is, is. Right. But. What you know, the the Biden view on this, just like the Biden view on climate, and the Biden view on abortion over the history of his career, which was kind of wobbly, is open to criticism. Isn't that what we're supposed to be talking about now, Molly?
4: Um, yeah, but I don't necessarily think it matters. I mean, yes we got to see what happens at the debate. I, I don't know. I, the nuances he's been around for such a long time that the nuances of the way his policies have changed, we could spend a long time talking about that. It would be probably valuable, but I think because we're in such a 911 with Trumpism that I think the what really matters as I say this as a partisan and not and in as a sort of thoughtful journalist, but just in a purely partisan way, I really just want to focus on the sort of you know, at letting the process work, letting the people pick their candidate, and then just supporting it.
0: But isn't part of that the debate? Like the idea that we're not supposed to criticize another candidate just because they're in our party is to me nonsense. It just shows that we lack the teeth to do things. Right. There's it's, nothing I, when we call someone to contempt. What really happens if they if they don't come? Like if Don Jr. didn't come. What was going to happen? Right. If he was subpoenaed, nothing
1: probably. Well, that, and and he's but he negotiated. He some negotiated deal, and... and
0: he got a sweetheart deal. They can't ask him certain questions, that's asinine.
1: It's it's complete bullshit, and he should be the... But where's the House? Why isn't the House saying, Don, you're subpoenaed. You have to appear in front of the House and no deals.
0: And there's no deals, and you have to answer any question we want to ask. The idea that we're negotiating... It's like, I thought we didn't negotiate with terrorists. I mean, essentially, he's... Well, I shouldn't call him that. But the idea that we're negotiating terms with him is to me ridiculous. Where are your teeth? And I want to criticize candidates because there's some that I want the best one out there. But the problem
4: is they can't they ha- can't, we've talked about this before. Congress has there's nothing they can do. There's they nothing. can't throw them in jail.
1: Well, first of they all, can't. they they can throw them in jail. And secondly, no, they have not they they 1937. But they, well, they they haven't, but they they could make the moves. What but they can do you think do, they will. Look, look, I let's would, set they that as, let's set that let's set that aside, okay? They can go to court they can contest this. They don't have to wait. They can levy fines. Heavy fines starting right now. They can speak But have speak they done out.
4: that in the last 50 years now? And, d-
3: and also new ground. Because it always fines. Oh, sorry. It was just always the person on the other side was always someone at the end of the day said the court has spoken. So put Donald Trump in the in the place of the two most significant Presidential crisis we've had in the last half century, Richard Nixon and Al Gore. Richard Nixon, at the end of the day, said, I lost. The court is telling me that I've got to cough up these tapes and I'm done. And he resigned. Gore, I mean, think about what Al Gore did. (laughs) Al Gore, you know, we all use the word stolen election probably too much. (laughs) Al Gore, the election was stolen from him. But the court spoke and he had options. There are options they could have taken, and there are people on his team that said, we can do this, we can do that. And he said, no, the court has spoken. Put Donald Trump in either of those situations, the guy yeah. would still be president Absolutely. to the day. And, you know, to go back to your question about candidates, because I think we're conflating, right. <laughs> holding candidates <laughs> subpoenaed and impeaching.
1: Um, well, we're. No, we're I, I don't think we're conflating forms of pressure that exist. And candidates are a source of pressure and... Conditional well, actions are of pressure.
3: Look, Tanya Harding went too far with <laughs> with what's-her-name. Okay, you, when you Nancy compete, Carr- you, you, hair don't, hair you don't have someone whacked in the back of the knee. So there's right. a it was difference. The front
4: of the knee. Was the she front. was there's a difference between, She didn't do it. There's a She's difference between, um, um, let's say,
3: Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders criticizing Joe Biden on a policy issue right. and <laughs> some other candidate hiring a detective to figure out that you know Biden um, I don't know you want to make something up right. there is a line because it would be horrible it would be horrible <laughs> the, like the, the there days. is a line where this is a competition this isn't a cotillion right. people are supposed to be stress testing each other people are supposed to be able to make a difference make a distinction between them i mean that's what a there are two, but, that's what a, an election is there, any the, where Democrats are saying don't do that We have to I just want to tell him to shut the hell up. Okay, but, but, the, let's for let's, or these let's, pledges we, to
1: not we, 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 only, we only We only have a couple of minutes here. So I want to, seven or eight minutes left. And I want to wrap this and go, go back to a point that Molly made. But I, I think the central issue, and maybe that this is also related to a point that Molly made, a lot of Democrats think the central issue is beating Trump. That is a central issue. But with the way you put it was the central issue is defeating Trumpism. And I think that's the big issue. And I think you need a candidate who can defeat Trump and defeat Trumpism. And that's a different set of skills than some of the candidates have displayed so far.
4: I mean, what's scary to me, and I agree, it is not a cotillion, but what's scary to me is a lot of these candidates, whatever is dug up, even if it's just a nothing thing, will be arsenal that Trump will use against them. So, you know, in you know, Elizabeth Warren has some policy thing that isn't great or something like that. Trump, you know, and then she becomes the nominee. I'm just s- saying theoretically, Trump will use that and weaponize it. I mean, I just know that his admin- his war chest is so, you know, terrifying and they weaponize things you didn't even know you could weaponize. Right. Well, yeah, but systems- that's because
3: they're they fundamentally Weaponize anything. It doesn't need to have a any kind of basis in reality. So, and it's not mm-hmm. just Trump. This is the right wing. This is what they've done to every one of our nominees going back to Gore, Kerry, and even Obama with birtherism. didn't work with him. Except they they did and it And swift boats. Veterans in swift boats. You don't need Warren to surface a difference in the you know the bankruptcy bill or to. For Trump to know that, first of all, Trump's not going to go after him on the bankruptcy right. bill. But I'm Trump's going to go after him on his son. That they're making shit up now. Right. Now, if another Democrat were to be running around Iowa now, saying I think Joe Biden has some answer, has some questions to answer about his son, that candidate should be knocked out of the race right. because okay. that is doing they're doing Trump's bidding. Right. And I think that there's a difference to that. And I understand. Look, the epiphany thing that Biden said. Yes, in this context, it sounds naive. But think about it. Only three years ago, who was the vice president of the United States? He, I think, he looks at people that we say are nuts, like Graham and Jordan. He thinks he's worked with these folks. I mean, he's worked with he half the Senate. He
1: does. But this is the point. He I, was wrong. Well, he was wrong. And the, the Obama, way you know admitted, it. The Obama right, administration was lousy at
3: that. But I'll give you two because words. Because Merrick Garland. Exactly. And when did Merrick Garland happen?
4: The last year the administration? It happened
3: before Trump was anywhere near the Oval Office. But But isn't
4: Merrick Garland proof that the Republicans won't work with the Democrats? It is
3: proof that it is naive to to think that once a Democrat gets in. The truth of the matter is is that we have to hold the House, we have to win the White House, and we have to crush it in the Senate, and we have to just reverse everything and plow through them Mm -hmm. the way Mm -hmm. they would to us.
1: Okay, I want to come back to... Normally, Deep State Radio, we're focusing on National security and and defense. But I really think that, you know, if you go back and read the Long Telegram, um, George Cannon, 1947, the last two paragraphs of the Long Telegram say the way we'd be to defeat the Soviet Union is by being strong at home, by being unified at home, uh, by maintaining the advantages the United States has at home. And we've talked about one dimension where we're losing that war right now. Um, and that is the division in Washington and the attacks on the rule of law. Um, We've talked about another, which is to say that we were attacked by the Russians and we are not doing anything about it, and we're going to get attacked by them and the Chinese and others going forward because of this, because essentially they've been given a free pass. They know that there are going to be no consequences for this. Uh, And so those are national security issues. I think the issue that you talked about, the war on women, is also in this because it is, it is such a horrific betrayal not only of the constitutional decisions that have been made, the Supreme Court decision Roe versus Wade, um, but of sort of fundamental human rights and 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 it, and it is about making people in the United States um, uh, uh, follow. Be guided by, be limited by the religious precepts of a tiny few. Because presumably, if you're anti-abortion, you're not going to have an abortion.
4: Well, and the yeah. statistics are that like 70, 60 sixty-something percent of Americans are. I mean, seventy percent, huge numbers of Americans are more pro-choice than not.
1: Right, but what what, what I'm getting at is, if you're anti, you're not going to do it. Right. So if you are oh, the pro, health. well, okay, oh. but 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 well, theoretically, full the, of shit. theoretically, but if you are pro-choice, they want to impose their view on you. This is all about a small American Taliban group of religious extremists trying to legislate their views. And ironically, it's coming at precisely the same time, literally two weeks after, the Trump administration Set new conscience rules for doctors and others, saying that they don't have to do things that are against their conscience <laughs> and against their religious precepts. And and yet, the Republicans are saying, "But all these other people do." And it, I mean, it, this this is this is a social breakdown on, on, on quite a narrow issue. Again, I want to come start with you and talk about this for a second.
4: I mean, I just think. We always suspected that Republicans—I think all Democrats—I don't know about all Democrats, but certainly a lot of people like me always suspected that Republicans wanted to come for Roe, and everyone told us, no, we were being hysterical, and no, Roe was settled law, and, like, at the end of the day, you see with— um, with Alabama and with Ohio and all these different, you know, there are about five states that and have... Georgia and Georgia and Louisiana and Missouri. Louisiana and, and, and Missouri right, home and, state. and all these states that are that are trying to get a case to kick up to the Supreme Court, that in fact they were just always trying to come for Roe. That at the end of the day, everything they said wasn't true, and at the end of the day, they wanted to come
0: for our reproductive health. And it's just, it's like, it's so it feels so terrible to be right. It's, no, it's a bunch of, and also to see a bunch of men making decisions about women. More women are going to die from this, and no man will be affected. Well, the idea, and that- to me, that's that to me is everything. You see who's voting on this, and it's well, with exceptions the governor, but it's all it's just all older white men who are saying you w- more women will die now, and we know that abortions are prevented by. Birth, birth control, control and education, and they've cut back on that. And I, I mentioned before, in Missouri, we have the highest death rate for mothers at birth. There's the maternal birth uh, or death rate is the highest, and now they're going to do this.
1: Well, also they're getting rid of the the, the uh, uh, separate treatment for cases of, of rape, rape or the health of the mother.
0: Right. Well, that was the rape and incest. I, I that to me is soulless and con- your eleven year old is going to have to. But Those
4: also true. the people on the right who are defending this are, unco- you know, the it's Ben just... Shapiro types who are all in on this, who say that the only way you'll figure out who the rapist is is if the 11-year-old is forced to carry the child. I mean, that's
3: well, it's, insane. Well, it's, it's no lose for them politically. I mean, they, the Republican Party, the right, has done very well focusing on abortion as uh, an issue to rally their troops. Right. Now you have all these smarty pants lawyers on TV saying, "Oh, Roe's not in danger. It won't even these are weak cases." You know what? Okay, let's assume that's right for a second. Republicans are going to campaign on this all next year about how this is why Trump's not has to stay another four years. This is why you know we can't let the we can't let Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders pick the next socialist. Uh, Court justice to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg or whoever it is. It's a rally cry for them. The flip side is one of these days someone is probably going to be wrong about the legality of it. I mean, right. if it's whatever. Starry Decisis, whatever you want to call it, I'm not a lawyer. Lawyers delude themselves. This is politics. The court is political.
1: Well, and and, and, and Stephen Breyer has said, what are they going to overturn next? And yeah. and, and 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 they they set Starry Decisis aside in a number of cases, including very recently. They've 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 done that. But I just I just want to and bring it gun up gun control because it is a source of division in our society that is toxic, and it reminds us. And, and this goes back to our earlier point, um, and I'll wrap up with this, but it reminds us that this is not just politics. Women will die. Unwanted children will be um, born into unfortunate situations. Um, they don't care. Uh, in, in the case of Ohio, you've had a case of a rapist. Um, um, getting uh, some kind of custody or visitation on his
0: parental rights.
1: Uh, parental rights on a child that was produced by his rape. Uh, he we has had, more
0: rights than the woman who was raped.
1: Right, and they, we had the fourth child die in custody this week in a in a one of our border camps. Um, concentration camps. Uh, you know, th- th- we are slowly destroying the environment in ways that it is not reversible. We are destroying American standing in the world. And I have to tell you, one of the reasons that I find the um, uh, slowness, measuredness, conservatism of the democratic response so frustrating is I know that the other side is going to take advantage of that as weakness. They are going to make further inroads. This is what the costs are going to be. And we as a country are going to pay a price in terms of our international standing and in terms of our health as a society. Um, In any event, it was great to have you here. One of the reasons that it was great to have you here is that it gives us a chance to tell everybody that if you want to hear more like this, you have the unredacted um, from DSR podcast, which is on. When is it on like
3: drops every Monday? but early for members every thursday and since today is thursday our third episode uh with former fbi agent and current cnn analyst um and most importantly he was special assistant to jim comey during all the troubles josh campbell so if you're a member you can listen to that interview today we taped with him last week in los angeles it was really good it's fantastic um if you don't want to be a member which we don't understand why you well, wouldn't want to be. You could pick it up on Monday. <laughs> Crazy.
1: Wash talk. your mouth out with soap, okay? Because that was. I'm my a next member one. now.
3: That I was, actually signed up as a member yeah. today, as as, <laughs> as you should. And
1: Chris Cottonwire, our president, is here in the room with us. And I hope you're charging. Philippe I, I paid
3: the full sixty. Uh,
1: um, but, but but and I but, want my mug. But here's the thing, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris will bring that to the next one. I, but, but but I have to tell you, folks, there's a lot of good stuff now at the DSR Network, including usually three episodes of Deep State Radio a week, uh, we have Unredacted. We have Washington for Beautiful People. What is your latest Washington for Beautiful People? I just People?
0: taped one. It'll probably come out in a week or two with the two executive producers and creators of The Americans. And one was XCIa, and it was amazing.
1: Because those XCI agents are just so cool, aren't we're they? We're so
0: cool,
1: David. Uh, yeah. We like to stick together. Is that right? show, is, is The
0: Americans over? It's, it's over. It's
4: over. Okay. And, and by Sadly. the way,
1: if you go on television, you were saying, I want to look at how to do the end of a series properly.
0: That is it. It's really
1: not true. Game of Thrones, which don't talk about. It. I haven't seen it sucked and it still has should never be watched episodes. again. Don't. I'm it's not saying great. anything it except Philippe is wrong One more? about it. One One I have I'm not saying anything. There are no spoilers here. Okay. Just yeah, you, lost, spoiler. you lost you lost
3: all boring. credibility when you said you didn't like the way The Sopranos ended. I didn't either. I didn't uh, either.
1: But uh, the uh, way The Americans ended is universally uh, good. And by the way, just while we're at it. Up there with the ending of The Americans, which was one of the best ever, was the ending of Don't Veep. This mesh.
4: Week. oh, it was so good. I didn't like the amazing. Gary part.
1: Now, yeah, I no. Okay, the Veep. Is I didn't the- like
3: how they made Gary
1: president. I okay. hate okay. you. Okay, okay, just- that's just not what happened. <laughs> And and secondly, oh, Veep. Emily, it's is Thursday. The, Veep I know, but I've,
0: I'm here out of town. I don't have access to oh, HBO. My right. hotel I Forgot there's no
3: internet in New York City.
1: Yeah, because people watch <laughs> these things on their computers <laughs> now, It's real broadband. Um, but but in any event, Veep <laughs> sort of ended at a, at a peak. Yeah. And and the, just for the profanity alone, which is Shakespearean it in is. its quality. Um, I strongly urge because we live in an age when new and better profanity is urgently needed. And Veep,
3: they outdid themselves.
1: They provided that. It's too so, bad
3: the show's over, because otherwise I would point out that Jonah Ryan, the actor, took a shot at me in uh, an interview in Hollywood Reporter. Wow! Did he really? What did he say? Because they came to the White House Correspondence Dinner in 2012, right. and Were you not Rolling nice Stone, to them? <laughs> Rolling Stone had done this thing where they assigned. A DC person to be the real life, and I scored Dan Egan, and I hadn't seen the show, and t- I don't Tim Scott, t- yeah, t- whoever Jonah Ryan is, came up and said, "Hey, Tim, you're Simons. you're the guy who plays Dan. Come and meet him." And I was like, I- "You bring him here." Like yeah. this isn't Hollywood. I was being yeah. a sm- I was being a smartass, um, and it was the year Madame Secretary came out, and yes. the Madam Secretary cast
1: speak about terrible was show. fantastic, oh. and
3: I I One I, I know Taylor, and she's shit. great, and I was basically saying. This is Taya's year. Next year, you guys can. And oh. apparently, it stuck with them because he and the Dan Egan character are in this Hollywood Reporter interview, going on and on about how nasty it was to them.
4: <laughs> well, at least you don't have them blocked.
3: Snowfl-
0: right? it probably
1: does. Snowflakes. Anyway, do um, uh, all I, I can like say something. is. You could watch those shows, or you could listen to Unredacted. You could listen to Washington for Beautiful People. You could listen to Deep State Radio. And if you're going to listen to those things, you might as well go and become a member at the DSR <laughs> Network because you get a mug or a T-shirt or a, a challenge coin. How much coin. is the hoodie that you're wearing? How mu- uh, the hoodie is, expensive. is very expensive. Um, and we can arrange one for you. We've got very fa- fancy so we, stuff. Orange didn't sound like give. This
0: is, <laughs> At a nice discount,
1: we'll give you. We'll give you a shirt. This is a prototype. This we didn't even make these because it's yeah, too crappy. Yeah, sure, that's what they No, said. it's it's true. But in any event, uh, so go become a member of the DSR Network. Support what we're doing. We're growing rapidly. These guys need snacks at all of their podcasts and that's the only way we're going to pay for it. So um, uh, please do that. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much to Rosa Brooks. Thank you to all of you out there listening to us and we will be with you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Deep State Radio is a production of the Deep State Radio Network, a division of TRG Interactive Media. Our podcast today was produced in cooperation with Goat Rodeo Productions and was supervised by Ian Enright. Join us again for another episode of Deep State Radio. If you don't, we know where to find you.